Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Art museums across the country have been experiencing the same racial reckoning that all the rest of us are here in 2020. Museums in Detroit are far from immune from these conversations. The Museum of Contemporary Art Detroit fired its director in July after several, several 70 former employees accused her of creating a toxic workplace that included racial harassment. And a group of current and former Detroit Institute of Art staff members called for director Salvador Salor Pons' resignation and accused him of ignoring the voices of black and brown employees. Now the DIA has announced a new project meant to promote diversity and cultural inclusion at the museum. Here to talk about that initiative is DIA Director Salvador Salor Pan. Salvador, welcome back to Detroit Today. Thank you, Steve. Good morning, everyone. Yeah. So uh, let's start with the accusations against you and the museum more generally. Uh, these current and former employees say it is not a place of racial inclusion and diversity. What's your answer to that charge? Well, I think uh, we need to listen to all uh, staff members. And right now, we are uh, conducting an internal review of the museum based on this allegation that mostly have been anonymous. So we hired a firm from D.C. that is performing this uh, internal review. And uh, this is something that uh, the board wanted, and I supported it. And uh, we will have the results soon. Mm. So uh, the 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 museum just hired this diversity and inclusion consultancy group, as you say. Talk about what that means. What does that work look like uh, that you're asking this firm to help you with? Well, you know, in 2016, we started a process in the museum to really look at uh, inclusion, diversity, equity, and access. We created an internal group called Reflecting Our Community, which was a cross-departmental group of staff members that was going to be very focused on this. One of the things that we established, for example, is a plan to diversify our board to make it reflect the demographic makeup of our uh, tri-county. And uh, with the governance and nominating committee, we've been making excellent progress with that. We also establish the paid internship uh, program uh, two years ago that helped us really uh, create uh, an environment for inclusion so everybody from different backgrounds and communities have the opportunity to come to the DIA and work there and we continue to build a pipeline so in the future we will be able to hire um, diversity in a, uh, you know, more uh, 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 equanimous way. And finally, you know, the museum has been very um, keen on continuing to acquire work by African-American artists. We launched up this program in 2016, and we've been very keen on engaging uh, you know, the African-American communities and other communities, but especially in the city of Detroit, uh, where uh, we've been speaking with local artists as well as local collectors of African-American art. And the last exhibition that we did uh, um, 
on uh, that Paul Detroit collects really focus on on really bringing up that history of the museum and uh, in the city and to show those amazing collections. One of the things that we learned, for example, was that the city of Detroit was the city that collected the longest African-American art Mm -hmm. in the United States. So it's been a great um, experience, and uh, uh, we will continue working on that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So as I said, you know, museums across the country, museums all over Detroit, are dealing with these same these same questions right now. Everybody is thinking a little differently uh, about uh, diversity, about equity, about justice and racism than than we were just even a few months ago. Uh, the New York Times recently wrote a big piece about the DIA in particular, uh, and and pointed out that it f- the museum may have missed an opportunity to lean into diversity, both in terms of its staff and, and its, its relationships with a uh, community here in Detroit, that, that was missed, that, that somehow uh, there, was not, there, there wasn't enough effort to take advantage of that opportunity in recent years here in Detroit. Talk about the things that you have done since you became the DIA's director to, to try to correct those things. I mean, do, is there a missed opportunity that we now can turn to to take advantage of? You know, we, we are a visitor center museum at the DA and really want to include all the communities that uh, live in the city and surround the city of Detroit. Uh, we serve the residents of Oakland, Wayne, and Macomb County, and uh, we've been uh, creating and producing uh, exhibitions and programs to serve them. And we have done this in consultation with them. It's been always a process of co-creation in which we hear the community and we bring those um, elements that we learn from the community in terms of idea and, and transform that into um, museum quality quality product. I think, you know, you know uh, there's, there's been a lot that we've done and there's a lot that we can continue to do moving forward in terms of um, including all communities. And, uh, and um, you know, for, for me, uh, what is important is that when the visitors come to the DIA, they see their, themselves and the communities that they represent reflected in the progress and exhibitions that we do. Mm. Uh, I'm talking with Salvador Salor Pons, who's director of the Detroit Institute of Arts. We're talking about diversity and the museum. We're talking about diversity and museums generally. One of the subjects that has come into focus because of the Black Lives Matter protests against systemic racism and police brutality. Uh, If you'd like to join the conversation, give us a call. What do you make of the controversy surrounding racial diversity and inclusion and uh, at the DIA and other cultural institutions? You feel like the DIA is an institution that is welcoming to everyone, is a place to visit or a place to work. If not, what changes would you like to see made at the museum? And are you confident that the museum's current efforts to make itself more accessible and diverse will be successful? As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to Facebook or to Twitter, put comments there, and uh, we will try to work you into 
the conversation. Uh, Salvador, I also, of course, want to talk about uh, the millage that recently passed, uh, a renewal of the millage that we have here in uh, southeast Michigan to support the DIA. That's a big deal. Uh, it's another it's another boost to the idea of supporting the museum, keeping its doors open, and keeping the programming uh, at the level that we have all become accustomed to. Well, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um, I mean, I think uh, the renewal of the millage was really an opportunity to test the relevance uh, to our region. And uh, the support that we showed that uh, we received was overwhelming. I mean, in the first millage in 2012, we had around 375 residents, 75,000 residents voting yes for the DIA. Mm-hmm. In uh, last March, uh, we had uh, almost 700,000. That really speaks about the relevance that the museum has had with the residents of uh, Oakland, Wayne, and Macomb County, and that, that the exhibitions and programs that we are doing are resonating with them. But I think the most important thing here, Steve, is the fact that the museum has not done this alone. We've been in conversation with the community. We've been co-creating with the community the programs and the exhibitions, the things that we are doing in the museum to make sure that the product that we create resonates with them. So they they are happy with it. They want to come back. They want to be part of our of our um, uh, activities. And uh, you know, it, this relevance, which is measured in this case by the number of votes, the yes votes that we received, you know, it's it's kind of very important because they said yes, but they said yes with their their their, their checks. They are paying the museum to continue to do the work. That, that we are doing. And we're going to continue listening to the community and working with them to develop our programs and exhibitions, especially because we're very keen in education and we want to provide top quality education for the schools in the entire region. You know, in, the, in a world where arts education is actually being removed from the school programs, the DIA is becoming really the number one providers of arts education in the region. Mm -hmm. We want to continue to do that. And last year, we served 90,000 students. Who knows uh, what the future would hold in terms of serving once we uh, get out of this COVID-19 and we can come back to serve the schools the way we did, bringing the buses into the museum. We're hoping to, to raise that number and continue providing great education for the schools in in the region. Yeah. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Call and tell us uh, what you think about efforts to make sure that the DIA, one of our greatest cultural institutions here in the city, is as diverse and inclusive as it should be. Tell us what your experiences have been, uh, especially in recent years, interacting with the museum. Uh, let's go to Helena in Detroit. Helena. Welcome to the show. Good morning to you and to your guests. Hey. I'm a member of the Detroit Fine Arts Breakfast Club, the largest organized uh, African-American art group in the city. Mm-hmm. And I'm a retired teacher from Detroit Public Schools. And since Salvador has been there, there have been more brown and black people walking through that DIA than I have <laughs> ever seen. And I'm a native Detroit, <laughs> born, bred, and raised here. And then as an educator... I have seen more opportunity for Detroit public school children to come to the DIA than there has ever been. 
And then lastly, what I would like to say is that in terms of community outreach, he has opened up the DIA to African-American emerging artists to show their work inside the DIA and opportunities that has never been presented to emerging mm. African-American artists. And these are building blocks to do greater things, and we should be embracing those opportunities and asking how we can volunteer to help him help us. Mm. Uh, Helena, I'm, I'm really glad you called uh, and, and shared that experience with us. And I, I have to say also, I mean, I'm, I'm a Detroit native as well. The DIA has always been one of my favorite uh, parts of Detroit, one of my favorite cultural institutions uh, here. And there's no question that things look really different there than they did when I was a kid growing up here in the 70s. Uh, and 80s. The collections are different. Uh, the, the feel of the museum in terms of uh, who's there, who's not, the, the, the programming that exists at the museum uh, is diverse in a way that, that it wasn't before. That does not mean that there are not uh, still issues. It does not mean that, uh, that there may be issues with, with staff and employees at the museum that are not necessarily obvious to us who, who live here and enjoy the museum. But, but the idea of it being different, uh, I think, uh, is, is something that resonates with people who have been here for uh, a significant uh, amount of time. Uh, Salvador, I wonder if you can talk about the collection at the DIA and, and how it has changed. I mean, it, it has been it, – it's one of the things that people point to and say, look, it's not as diverse as it could be. It's not as diverse as it would be. Uh, or as it is in other museums uh, around the country, uh, how do you how do you make it more representative of the people of the city and of uh, of the country more generally? Absolutely, I I really want to start uh, by saying that um, my experience with the Breakfast Club has been uh, an eye opening experience, an educational experience. And uh, I want to thank the group for opening uh, their arms to, my, to me and to my wife. We visited there. My wife goes uh, almost every Monday, now follows on, on the Zoom call. But uh, really uh, seeing this group of talented artists and collectors so passionate and going into the neighborhood and really understanding um, the artistic talent of the city was extremely inspiring for me as we put together the exhibition Detroit Collects that was curated by our curator, Valerie Mercer. Mm -hmm. So that was fantastic. I, I want to say that the collection has been um, increasing and uh, we have been allocated funding to really expand the areas of African-American art we're really interested in, in gender diversity as well. We're also interested in expanding our uh, Asian holdings. And uh, in, in that sense, uh, our galleries of contemporary art and are going to play a very important role in the future. I also like to mention that during the years I've been director at the DIA, the museum has spent the most funding buying African-American art than in any other 
sections of the collection. We use more funding to buy African-American art than to buy European art and uh, um, other um, um, areas of the collection. So so that is very, very important. I, I was very proud, for example, to acquire the fantastic David Hammonds that we have in our collection, which was the first time the DIA spent seven figures in a work of art by an African-American artist. So we're going to continue doing this. Valerie Mercer is um, at work finding great things, local talent, national talent, emerging artists, but also consolidated artists to continue expanding this area of the collection. Mm. Uh, Again, Helena, thanks very much for the call and the thoughts. Let's go to Tim in Detroit. Tim, welcome to the show. Yeah, uh, good morning uh, to both of you. I want to ask the director, how can the museum add to the conversation of understanding truth about our society? I mean, what, what can they do to make things better? Because a lot of stuff we get is incorrect or incomplete or really non-existent. Hmm. Uh, Tim, that's a great question. Uh, Salvador, what is the museum's role in helping to tell accurate stories about America, about the world, about our history uh, and and our present? That's a wonderful question. Uh, You know, museums are one of the most trusted places by by our society. And uh, we feel that our collection is the platform uh, from which we can put forward the issues that are at stake in our society, where we can create through the power of art and the presentation of art, the necessary dialogue for the community to come in, have the necessary conversations, and, um, you know, find solutions. I really see the role of uh, the DIA as a role in which the museum can help improve our society. And we can do it through the power of art. So this is a very important part of our mission. And uh, uh, it's very important to be connected to the community to understand where the issues are. And we are doing that all the time through our focus groups, and the evaluation that we do through the visitors that come into the museum. So keeping a constant conversation and co-creating the exhibitions that we present in the museum to address the issues so we can help improve our society is a very important part of our work. Okay, Salvador Salor Pons, director of our wonderful Detroit Institute of Arts. Always great to talk with you. Thanks very much for being with us. Thank you so much, Steve. Have a great day. You too. Okay, that's going to do it for us today. I'll be back tomorrow. Hope you will too. We're going to talk with longtime journalist, author, and political communications expert Ron Fournier about the latest national political news. And University of Michigan law professor and former U.S. attorney Barb McQuaid will join to discuss Bob Barr's Justice Department. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.